Bob and Jeremy's Conflap. The Reality Podcast. Welcome, listeners. Hello. Welcome, Bobby. What a lovely day for looking at the world of models. Yeah. I mean, we've got something a little bit different for you today. Mm. Now, I've been thinking of a way to introduce this, and I'm going to give you my little intro, then Bob's going to expand on it. Okay. I want you, as you're sitting there, or you're driving your car, you're cleaning, I don't know what you're doing, think about coaching. Have you ever had it? Are you a coach? Are you due to receive some coaching? Have you got some trepidation about coaching? Because today we are going to look at coaching in a very different way. And I suppose my objective of this podcast is by the end of it, if you saw coaching as something that was never for you, you might just have allowed a chink of light in there to make you realize with this model, I could be interested. (laughs) That's a nice way of opening. When we talk about models, we're talking about conversational models, and there's so many models in the world. And when it comes to coaching, as Jeremy mentioned, there are loads of models. And some of the most famous ones are things like the GROW model. That's a well-known coaching model. And many, many years ago, Jeremy and I were talking about all the different models that existed, especially when it comes to something like coaching. And we thought, you know what? we can actually simplify this. We can make this much, much simpler. And so we created a model and wrote a book about it. Now, the model is called the SFC model, and the subtitle of the book is Life Coaching for Those Who Hate the Idea of Coaching. So adding on to Jeremy's thing about what you know about coaching, if you don't like the idea of it, this three-part model, the SFC model, will do the job. Now, Bob has given you three letters. He's given you an S for sugar, an F for Freddy, and a C for Canada. (laughs) What's important here is those are three swear words. And we will have no profanity because we have got our editor, Anne, who's come up with three distinct noises, which you'll hear shortly. So the SFC model is comprised of three parts, three words. The first is... S, which stands for S-H-I-T. The second is F, which stands for F-U-C-K. And the third is C, which stands for C-U-N-T. From now on, the S, whenever we say the word, will sound like this. And the F, whenever we say the word, will sound like this. And the C, whenever we say the word, will sound like this. Beautiful. It might help you if you happen to be sat down. This is the only other idea, Bobby, then we'll get into the book. Is that if you imagine this as a triangle, the top of your triangle is the S, the bottom right-hand corner of your triangle is the C, and over to the left-hand corner is the F. But they are interchangeable, the F and the C, but Bob and I both really think you start with the S, and that's where we will start in the book. And... As you're listening, we're going to give you some examples of the model in action. We're not just going to chuck theory at you. You are actually going to hear some of this in action. And before I pass to Bob, I just want to make the distinction between life coaching, executive coaching, business coaching. Let's stick with just those three for now. If you've ever had coaching, it might be because you're looking to have it 
uh, you're at a crossroads in your personal life. But of course, you might come to work and they say you need coaching to be better at your job. If you're a very senior executive, you may have had an amazing super one-to-one coach. They will have all used a model, as Bob alluded to right at the start, whether it's their own or a more famous model. This is your alternative, and it's the power of three. You've only got three things to remember. Right, back to you, Bobby. So we know what the model's called, the SFC model, and we're going to start with the S. Now, the premise of S is really straightforward. The key question to this individual that you're coaching or to yourself is if you are honest, what don't you give a about? Really key question. Now, if you think about your life and the way you work, there'll be lots of things you do that you quite enjoy doing. There'll be things that you get something from. But with any type of work, there is an element of it which is a bit And if we're honest, we don't really give a about it either, but we still have to do it. So the first question is around what you literally don't give a about. Yeah. And you can see how this is already different to traditional coaching that wouldn't start in this way. (laughs) It would begin by asking you what you're most excited about. Uh, But we're working against the psychological norm. We're kind of come from a place. Remember, we prefaced it with this. You're someone who isn't open to coaching. You don't want to be coached. Just frigging tell me or I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. So I thought, and I don't know if you did too, Bob, that we would actually look at this section in the book where we go through a few questions. Yeah. One of us becomes the coachee. Yeah. And the other is the SFC coach. Now, who knows? Yeah. A few years from now, there may be an international licensing program with thousands of highly qualified SFC coaches, and you yourself could become an unlicensed one with your own certification of listening to this podcast by the very end. So, Bob, would you like to coach me or would you like me to coach you? Why don't you coach me? And I would start uh, with that question. Yeah. What's the one thing? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. So I'm going to give it a little kind of intro, imagining we've maybe, you know, agreed this. So, Bobby, it's it's great that you've... uh, opened yourself up to some SFC coaching. And, uh, mm. you know, I sent you that very short email saying we'd get straight into it. And um, thank you for being, uh, you know, open to this. So I'm going to begin with this. What's the thing you really care the least about? And I'm going to bring this to life. It's there. It's part of what you do, but you really don't give a <laughs> about it. Okay. Well, that's really easy. For me, it is tenders. Mm. Okay. that's So to be clear on that, It's having to write a tender for a piece of work and we have very little control over the process. And as I've described in the book, it is the most time-consuming, expensive, unemotional and filled pile of cack Mm. I've ever had to endure. If I uh, took over this organization and I said, hey, Bob, would you like another 100K a year? Would you give more of a about tenders then? Well, Probably. But then we don't normally win them. So who gives a If you won the odd tender, would you give more of a Of course. All right. So how do you think companies who actually win tenders feel about them? Well, they obviously give more of a about them than I do. We're getting there now. So if you suddenly did give a just imagine, gosh, here I am. I give a about tenders. What would be the very first thing you'd do? Well, I would improve the whole tender document 
and have a new exciting template. So mm -hmm. the creation of each tender takes much less time and then preferably get someone who does love tenders to do most of the work for me. Okay, that's that's a start. But what could absolutely help you give more of a shit about tendering for work that's out there? Well, I suppose if I believed we might win the odd tender, I might give a bit more of a shit. Ah, so there is a chance of eliminating this and seeing it in a different way where it actually helps the business. If I'm totally honest, that's completely true. Right, so do you now, on a scale of one to 10, what number have you moved from where you really didn't give a shit and now you give maybe slightly more of a shit? Uh, well, I, I've, I've definitely, you know, moved up a couple of notches, that's for sure. Great. Now, listeners, applying this to you, let's help you. You've simply got to work out the stuff that you don't give a shit about. In the example, I'm coaching Bob about the main thing. It's there. It's the big steaming that he hates. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be your tax accounts. It could be a junior yeah. member, departmental. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. But you might have to eliminate the so what happened in this situation, he sort of thought, I'll bring someone else in to make the slightly better. Mm. But eliminating the Now, Bob, please give me the stuff on consultants. This is my favorite bit of this chapter. And consulting. Okay. So this is where consultants earn their money. They look at an organization and then point out where it's hemorrhaging money through systems that simply shovel around. So by reducing the amount of that's dealt with, they save millions and are paid millions. And it's a nice job. So if anyone says to you, I'm a consultant, you can respond with how lucky you are to be paid so much for sorting out. Beautiful. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Now, we're not going to give you a case study. We've written no. a case study in the book. But I'm pretty sure even in the limited minutes that we've been running this episode, you understand the S. Remember, it's right at the top of the pyramid. Let's start with what you don't give a about. Yeah. That's what we're going to deal with first. Reality Training was created in 2001 by Bob and Jeremy, both actors who met at drama school. Reality delivers training that is effective, memorable and entertaining with a touch of theatricality to bring it to life. We now have a company of trainers and actors who you can utilise to create change programmes across your business. Please contact us via realitytraining.com. So we're now going to have Bob give you a little introduction. Let's hand over to you for the F. If you've looked at all the stuff you don't give a shit about, we can now move to a very positive place because by analysing that and getting rid of it, you're then freeing up space for stuff that you really give a f about. And this is a much more motivational thing to think about because you hear people say sometimes, what I really give a f about is boom, boom, boom. And you just think, well, why aren't you spending more time doing that? Well, because I've got all this to sort out. So that's why giving a f about something really makes a difference. As I put in the book here, if you say that to someone as a straight-off coaching question, what are the top three things you really give a about? Most will say something like their partner, their kids, their health. Now, that's fair enough, but I know plenty of people who some people would say that their health is something they actually don't give a about because they don't do any exercise or don't eat the right things or whatever it may be. But anyway, you get the gist. 
But now let's transfer it in to work. Okay, the top three things that people really give a about are earning more money, developing skills so I enjoy what I do more and more, and how about this? Pleasing all of my customers all of the time. Those are really important things that you can actually give a about. What do you think, Jeremy? I think we'll bring it alive now, and that's a perfect segue. I'm going to play the part of somebody who isn't exactly like me, but it really does sort of bring this to life. And Bob, he's coaching me, and maybe we had a first session all about the mm -hmm. and now he's teed up the second session. Jeremy, when we meet again in a week, we're going to get right into the f*** of it. We're going to get into what you really give a f*** about. And I've gone, okay, right, right. So let's go with this. Okay, so, so you really give a f*** about earning more money yeah i mean that's what i said at the end of last time because i'm just okay. not earning enough i'm trying to get on the housing ladder absolutely i do okay what is going to make sure you earn more money well uh, the company hasn't developed me enough i'm you know i'm a sort of near the top group of salespeople here but uh, i've got to develop my skills and reduce the amount of complaints my customers are giving me so what do you need to do to make sure that happens well it's the classic thing i've got to have time because uh -huh. um you know, all the time, it's the the lack of time. I've got to put aside time to actually work on those things, developing my skills. So getting two and three right means you get one, more money. Yeah, I suppose it does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, give me a few more things that you really give a f*** about. Um, I suppose I give quite a f*** about the team. Um, you know, I think that's fairly important that you like everyone in the team. As I've said, you know, getting better at what I do, I would... Mm -hmm like to have a good Christmas party every year. The company are a bit tight on that. Mm. And they're also tight on expenses. I give a bit of a f about where I stay because I, mm. I cover the whole of the north. It's a big okay. area and I'm putting some absolute, what you taught me last time, I'm putting some holes, which I do give a about and I'd like to put in some uh, better places, really. So what would you love to do about these three important things? Well, I've, there's a couple of people in the team who should go. And mm -hmm. uh, I think I could help influence that as I'm, seen as fairly influential and if they f off that would be a lot better amazing and then i need this plan to develop my skills mm. and it's only in a few areas you know it's mm -hmm. the main negotiation area that i haven't had any training on and it gets very mm. technical i want to improve my negotiation skills okay. and also getting quality case studies and feedback from these things that's what i give a f about that's fantastic so by really giving a f about these things mm. you're already planning about what to do about yeah, i am actually now what difference would it make to you to have more time to work on that important oh, stuff it'd be massive i mean uh, i do you know i can't go on working with two members of my team who do not give a f about the same stuff we all do mm. that's got to end that was going to be my next question right do these others feel the same about this stuff no. do they give a f or don't they give a f no they don't give a f ah okay okay no we give a f all of us, apart mm. from these two, mm -hmm. they don't give a shit. Okay, if you explain to them how much of a you care about this, how would that help? I mean, the key question here is how the do you get others to give a Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think one of them might give a bit more of a Okay. But I actually think if we're thinking of time and the skills that we need in this current climate, I still think ultimately they should both Okay. Okay. That's great. Now, this is good. Now, this, that's yeah. a really good giving a f conversation and there's plenty Thank more you. directions you can go in there. What we want is to have strategies in our life 
important stuff. That yeah. is the purpose of this. And my energy shifted. Yeah, Bob. of course you know it has. You've never I know been I'm only like acting, this. but I now give a lot more of a. F- mm, that's. Good. I give. You know. That's good. I, I've actually transitioned from thinking about, f- mm. which in the your scenario was the tenders, mm. and now I've gone more into a couple of key areas. Even though I was only acting. That's amazing. Now, it, mm. within that chapter, there's loads of stuff about running, give a f- workshops, yeah, and stuff like that. Now. There's a, at the end of this chapter, there's a really key segue, okay? Giving a f- has wide implications, okay? It's a mm. great place to stay in. And people say, oh, can I stay here, please? Where people actually give a f- where there's effort and light and enjoyment and success. Why, why? Why can't I? I want to be here, Bob, where everyone gives a f- I just want to stay here. We all do. But I'm sorry to have to tell you that someone's coming. No. Yes. Really? Yes, you guessed it. They're on their oh. way. And you oh. can forget all about that stuff you really give a f- about because here comes a complete and utter. Okay. So the final part, this is who is the. Yes. We're sorry to use this word because we know that many people struggle with this word. As we put in the first part of this chapter, some people, it is the only way to describe them. You can use a lesser word like twat. But it's nowhere near mm. as important. Softer, isn't it? It is softer. softer. And yeah. we all know what we're talking about here. And I want you to think about your career and jobs that you've done. And I want you to think about people in your life who were that mm. and what their characteristics were. Because within this chapter, we really do examine this. Now, I want to be clear as well. We also look yeah. in this chapter at different types because there are useless ones. There are valuable ones, believe it or not. There are total ones. There are different types mm. of <laughs> that exist in the world. Jeremy. Different <laughs> tish levels almost, yeah? Yes. And we also make the point here that quite often <laughs> will employ many other <laughs> because then they can have a nice <laughs> group that get yeah. together and be a total <laughs> for everyone else. There's another very important thing. There's absolutely no gender that can be placed on a <laughs> You oh, can no. have male, <laughs> female, transgender transitioning it doesn't matter absolutely there's no gender bias here i'm sorry well, if the per- doesn't matter what the person is or who they are mm-hmm. they can still be a can i also just raise one more thing before we get into it you're listening to this and you think right this is interesting because the person who runs my company or my director i'm pretty sure straight off is a i don't enjoy being with them they run oppressive meetings and the other question in your head is you think, how did they get there? Mm. How did this get to the top? Yeah, you're thinking this. <laughs> and it's a question we're not going to answer here. No. But we are, through the SFC model, help you identify mm. and more. But we don't want to give it all away. We do define different types within the mm. chapter. Yep. But in the end, these people are awful types. The point we're making it where we have this stat, which we've been using for a long time, which is that 97% of people on Earth are pretty reasonable human beings. And I think that's probably true. But that would mean that 3% are total. And I think that's probably spot on. Yeah. There's another part that goes to that. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, God, I'm in a place full of. Mm. Then you're just unlucky that it feels like they've all bloody moved in where you are. It's not a fair dispersal of... I've actually done a list here that's not by any means mutually exclusive of the people who might be in that category. 
And I yep. talk about murderers and rapists, some lawyers, some accountants, fascist and communist dictators, any other dictator, theatrical agents, certain call center <laughs> operatives, certain middle managers, some supervisors, yep. some team leaders, foremen, four women, certain fraudsters, because some fraudsters are actually okay. Some aristocrats, yeah. some ex-barrow boys, thieves, liars, cheaps, bullies, and some smokers. Yeah, you also missed out one that we were going to put in the second version. A large number of independent estate agents. Uh, there we are. Not all, but some. No, no. Some. Now, some of these people, they are this way because of obvious reasons. But in many cases, it's because they've been treated badly by yeah. in the past. And they're determined yeah. to get their own back on anyone and everyone. Which actually, I'm going to coin right now, we could call learned behaviour. Yes, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Do you want to coach me a little bit? There's some of the questions. Okay. So let's do a coaching session on who is. Jeremy, which is annoying you? Right. Um, no, it's quite simple. It is my direct line manager. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is, okay. He's a bit of a... And how are you so sure that they are a... Um, they don't listen mm -hmm. at all. I have none of my opinions accepted. They don't prepare for meetings. Mm -hmm. We work to their time schedule and they only ask me closed questions like, give me the number. You know, they're just, just a complete. Yeah, sounds like a. Um, but let's make sure that we're all skilled at identifying them. So are they a valuable one, a useless one or a total one? Good. Well, I know that their boss would say they're quite a valuable mm. No, I don't think they're a total mm -hmm. They're not a useless No, they're not. They do do some things. I suppose they're a valuable but I want them to be just generally less of a than how they are. Okay. Well, let's break the role play there. So we're identifying the different types that there are and, and who yeah. they are. But let's get on to the main point. Some of you won't be able to think of one. And that may be, that may be, that if you can't think of one, it might actually be you. You think I could be the... Could be you. Now, there's a very nice sketch here of someone trying to employ one. Now, let's imagine the interview for employing a new manager. We need you to come in and be a... All of our staff. Why? Well, what's wrong with them? They're a bunch of useless wankers. And unless you can get some work out of them, we're in the... Okay. Well, why, why do I need to be the... Can't I just manage them in a normal way? Yeah. You know, encourage them, incentivize them to do well? No, we tried all that. With these tossers, all that really counts is being a and they'll somehow make it happen through fear. Can't you just do it yourselves? Yeah, but it's killing us. So we prefer to pay you to be a for us. When do I start? <laughs> so sometimes you do need a bit of a to make things work. It's unfortunate, but true. I think the helpful thing here is we have got sort of what can you do about the total <laughs> so if and, and not many of you do because when we wrote this we hadn't had a pandemic and you know more mm. people in offices but imagine you were in an office and it was full of people but there was this total <laughs> in there and that's what made it hard to go in what people don't realize is post pandemic people are now saying i want to be at home so i don't have to see the <laughs> or be directly near them 
But it's true, um, isn't it? There is also actually a list here to help you identify. Well, that's what I'm saying. A that's total the list. Ones. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Let's go through the eleven characteristics yeah. of a total. Yeah. Uh, we'll do them in yeah. order. How you can how you can identify, identify them. And, them. Yeah, and, and maybe decide what you do. So number one, they comment on everything in a negative way. Yeah. Number two, they watch the clock like a hawk. Number three, they take the piss even out of success. What a. <laughs> number four. Laughs at your personal misfortunes. Number five, they give regular individual and group bollockings that everyone hears. Number six, makes you feel like when you've had a good day, just to let you know that he's in charge. (laughs) If you told him you were looking for another job, he would put you on a series of disciplinary procedures to see if he could get you out before you could find a job and resign. He would scorn all of your attempts to forecast accurately and simply make up his or her mind and make up his or her own figures after hours of effort. He would openly praise his favourites and point out your frailties. He would forget his own many shortcomings such as poor decision-making, drunkenness, whoremongering and behaving like a total tit, embarrassing everyone on several occasions. And lastly... He will sit in meetings with more senior managers and raise his eyebrows whenever you speak, showing his disdain and dislike, noting things to pull you up on later. Now, this is a serious isn't it? It really is. It really is. It's dangerous. Now, the book goes on. There's some more valuable case studies in there about a dot-com startup. We've got Mm. some more language. I mean, it's sort of the book that could be published, but certainly hasn't been due to the, well... We're not quite sure. I mean, if you like this and you, you're listening, you know, a publisher, get in touch. The other thing is to really help you realise that outside of your working life, there's probably some other <laughs> knocking around. <laughs> yes. And yes. and you, you've you got to deal with them in your life. You want to rid yourself. You've got to be around positive people who help you remain positive. We can all be a <laughs> for a bit, but if someone's a <laughs> permanently perma then, you know, that's dangerous. There's actually a very famous sketch in The Trip where Steve Coogan and the cast of singers and dancers sing a wonderful song called Everybody's a Bit of a <laughs> Sometimes. And I think oh, nice. that's that's probably fair. Yeah. My sort of final thoughts on this is if you're someone who's been offered coaching, you say, no, it's not for me, do your own SFC coaching on yourself to start with what don't i give a about what do i really give a about and where are the knocking around do that yourself and also let's just say you want to test this out without anybody knowing this you could do this they wouldn't know be like subterfuge you could use these three things in a non-sweary way which would be really simply what are you wasting time on that you can get rid of what would you love to do more of and who is stopping you those are the three questions which we're would really be dull. asking here. They're dull and nowhere near as funny, but that is actually where we're going here. And, you know, I think what we've always tried to focus on with a book like this is if you think about it, if you want to be successful, it's not, you know, you can be lucky, of course you can. But actually, if you really give a <laughs> about something and avoid some of the <laughs> who are getting in the way, you can be really successful. Well, and outsource the sh- get someone yeah. else to do this. Because some people love the sh- that you don't, you know, one man's meat is another man's poison. All that. There are people who love to shovel sh- 
and be really good at it. Now, hang on. We've totally missed a section here, which we're going to do now quickly. Which one? Three is the magic number. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So three is the magic number. My first question, we've got three questions here we're going to answer for each other because of the theme of the podcast. Jeremy, which job have you not given a about the most before you started reality? That was working for a clothing company, part of a chain in High Street, Kensington. Mm -hmm. My manager was a complete... (laughs) He would walk around wherever I was and shoot me, make the sound if I was not folding clothes. And so after one day, Mm. having started with a level of ebullience, it just dropped off. Same question to you. Which job Um, are you really not giving a about? Okay, I worked for an insurance company. My first job when I was 16, I was a clerk. I was on a very, very low salary. And I totally took the piss through that job because it was so dull in the extreme that I never gave a about it. That was how dull it was. Mm. Now, the next question is, what job did you really give a about? Yeah, Yellow Pages, the team that I was in, my mm. telesales team, we were the mm-hmm. best team of telesales people that's probably ever walked the planet. We were just supreme. We wanted to do well. We loved language. We, you know, it was just a, a little dream team. We gave a real <coughs> about being brilliant. Mm. Same question to you. Which job have you given the <coughs> about the most? It's really difficult. I think I've done some jobs that I've enjoyed, but one job I gave a really good <coughs> about was when I worked in the pub. Um, in the evenings, they did five nights a week in my local pub, the Bush, Blackbird and Thrush. It sounds like a coaching model in itself, <laughs> but it wasn't. And I loved working there and I cared about all the people who came in and I enjoyed the social element and, mm. and I really gave a <laughs> about that place. Okay, so... And lastly, the final question. I want you to describe, not mm. name, Yeah. and if you can avoid their sex as well, so much the better. Yeah, okay. Describe the biggest... <laughs> you've ever worked for so oxford which should have been halcyon days memories of oxford baudelaire and all of that but it wasn't (laughs) it was working for a catering company and the (laughs) running it you used to shout at us tell us what we weren't doing hurry up with this hurry up with that we were all young 18 19 it was a summer job and I was so excited when I got it because we were doing weddings. We were doing, you know, university parties. After two days, it became utterly awful. And when I went back to the recruitment company saying, I can't do this anymore, the person there was really nice and said, we have had a lot of people who come and go. Let, mm. Let's help them find something else. Horrendous. Who is the biggest <laughs> you have ever worked with for? I have worked for quite a few. And I've got to be really careful in describing them because... We might have the odd listener listening in who may recognise some of these people. Well, just give us one. But the one, (laughs) the main one, was somebody who was my line manager. And this person was demotivating, did all the stuff that we talked about earlier, public bollockings and Mm. trying to get one over on you and picking on you because they weren't able to Mm. make up for their own shortcomings. And when I came to leave that organization, I had to do it entirely in secret because I knew if I let it be known, this person would have put me immediately on a disciplinary. That's how awful they were. Are they still working or retired? I've no idea. 
But that that is my immediate thought that to work for someone like that is not pleasant. He was employed by one and the company was run by a bunch of them Mm. as well. So that was, again, the the bushel, a bushel of... Mm. Let's hope that they've had an epiphany. And that's my only other hope is you're listening to this and it might give you a... Not an epiphany, that's major. But perhaps you think, actually, yeah, I could do something about what I give a f*** about or what I don't give a f*** about or some of the I need to be around less. I'm going to finish this podcast by saying to Anne, I wish her luck with editing Mm. this podcast because she's got to put the sound effects in over all of those foul words. So I'm sorry about that. If it becomes too excessive, Anne, you may... (laughs) want to think twice about covering some of them up because I think there's probably about 300 of the worst Mm. in certain sections. So good luck with that. And what we don't want is something she really currently gives a about for her to move to not giving a about it. (laughs) Absolutely right. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, listeners. Thanks a lot. See another one soon. Bye. Bye. Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast. <laughs>